When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Her Hoops Dads fans. Welcome to another episode of Her Hoops Dads Unplugged. Happy Selection Sunday, or at least we're recording this on Selection Sunday. You're going to get on Monday, but it is officially time for March Madness, and we have a bracket, and Calvin Wetzel is here with me to break all of that down. Well, hey, Calvin, how's it going? I'm doing awesome, Megan. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It is March. We have a bracket. I've got the whole bracket. <laughs> right here so we're gonna talk about it <laughs> we're gonna talk it. about those first round games that we're excited to see we're gonna have hot takes i'm ready i'm dressed for the hot takes today and then, yeah that's why your shirt always spicy it's yeah <laughs> we're gonna keep it spicy <laughs> by the way i'm gonna drop some hot takes later this week in an article too so yes hot wings 2.0 i'm excited for that that was a fun one so that's coming keep an eye out for that but yeah i mean it, what the first four is thursday wednesday uh wednesday both wednesday, wednesday and thursday, thursday. So night. march madness is like three days away in three weeks less than three weeks calvin and i will be in minneapolis that's so exciting <laughs> so I'm pumped for that yeah and we're recording this sunday night so three weeks from now we will have a champion as crazy as that sounds goes so fast so <laughs> flies by yeah, but not to get ahead of ourselves and start with some of those earlier rounds. So we got a bracket today. Um, and it's just first reactions from you. Anything that like really shocked you when this came out? Um, you know, I thought, well, yes and no. There were some teams that I thought were pretty underseated, but I don't know if I'd use the word shocked because they were basically all mid-majors, which <laughs> never actually shocks me when mid-majors get disrespected because that's how the world works. Thought FGCU 
didn't get very much love. I thought Princeton didn't get very much love. I thought BYU maybe could have been on the five line. I really thought they probably deserved a four until they lost to Gonzaga in the WCC championship game. So, but those are all mid-majors and, you know, that's, that's what happens when you're mid-major. So I don't know if I was shocked by it, but I, I did have disagreements. If- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was anything that was totally shocking to me too. I think on the top end too, it was pretty much what people were expecting. I was surprised to see Iowa as a two. I think that was one of the biggest things that jumped out at me is that they really rewarded them for being hot late in the season and they I think they were a four seed on the last reveal and move all the way up to a two from that that big 10 tournament run so quite the move off of just a few games yeah it's funny you know uh Illinois State who I it's what has it been a minute and a half now I couldn't make it very long without talking about Illinois State <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get into them but I, you know, I thought that they had a pretty good chance to go to Iowa just in terms of geography and where the seed lines were going to be. But I kind of saw that being more of a 3-14 matchup. That's what Charlie Cream had. Um, I, you know, Illinois State does probably maybe have a 15 seed resume uh, this past week. Obviously, the run they went on could have gotten up 14. But the matchup still happened just on a different line than I thought. So either way, pumped for that matchup. Like I said, could not go more than a, a minute or however <laughs> long in this podcast without giving some love to my squad. Right back here. All 14 of these players are going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2008. And I'm pumped about it. I shed a few tears today. They are playing Iowa. Are you driving to Iowa? Sorry? I said, are you driving to Iowa? That's a good question. Um, It's going to be tough because we have all these other games. You know, yeah, I don't know. I want to be there a lot. I really do. It's I'm so it's I'm torn in too many directions and I hate it, but it's a really good problem to have because there's so much bad there's too much basketball and I'll never complain about that. Uh, so we'll see. But I just I just yeah I I gotta give some love to them because this coaching staff came in you know five years ago. This the team won single digit wins three straight years. They were like two and twenty nine a couple years before eight and twenty something year before that. Completely turned this team around. They're led by two JUCO players, which I think is incredible. And now they get to place, face Iowa. And by the way, they have two of Caitlin Clark's AAU teammates <laughs> on our team, one of whom is also a lights-out shooter, maybe doesn't you know, do necessarily all the other things that Caitlin Clark does in terms of ball handling and all of that, uh, but third in the country last year in three-point shooting. So super pumped to see that matchup. I cannot wait. Illinois State, my squad. Shout out to you guys. So exciting. <laughs> a big run for them, too. I mean, the MVC tournament is not an easy tournament to win. They got two teams in, Missouri State gets in as well. But yeah, it's an impressive run to the tournament for them. So very excited for you. <laughs> I know you are excited. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was the highlight of my season by far. <laughs> More than that, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I was also excited that there was four Big East teams in. I feel like there was a lot of questions about Nova and DePaul being on the bubble. Both get in. DePaul playing in that first four, I feel like that game's going to be a lot of fun. You could see Anise Morrow on a national stage in the first four, so that's a lot of fun. And then Nova gets in, and what I think is one of the best, probably first-round games, BYU-Villanova, I think that's going to be a really fun one. Yeah, and, you know, talking about Anissa Morrow on a national stage, to me, just another general takeaway is the first four is really cool 
because we get games like that on a national stage. How cool to get a game like that by itself, standalone. It's not, you know, the first round, there's always four games going on at once. And if you're like me, you have all four screens and you're watching them all or giving a quarter of your attention to all of them, really. But most people aren't watching all of them. Wednesday and Thursday night, there will be one game going on at a time and everyone who's a women's basketball fan will be watching it. And so those players will get center stage national spotlight. And that's so cool, especially honestly to me for the four 16 seeds to get to play in those games. And two of those get to win a tournament game. They get to say, who cares who you beat that you didn't beat a one seed. You get to say that you won a tournament game. That's so cool to me. I love that the women's game added this. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's always fun on the men's side. So why wouldn't we do it on the women's side as well? So very excited to watch those games on Wednesday and Thursday. It should be a great kind of start to the tournament before, obviously. I mean, first and second round games are always chaos. So I'm expecting plenty of that <laughs> this year. No doubt. Yeah. We were kind of talking offline and you mentioned it at the start here, but like some major teams that are just feel really underseated. I feel like we're going to see multiple double-digit seed to win games in the first round. I don't know that that's a hot take, but it's a bit of a hot take. I think because I think there's definitely going to be multiple teams seeded 11 and higher that win games. Yeah, and I think you can look at the Bridgeport region maybe to to yeah. start just where a lot of those could happen. You start with uh, actually one that we didn't talk about off air yet is Notre Dame UMass. I think that game has potential to be a really close game. UMass is a phenomenal rebounding team. And they gave Iowa State all they could handle earlier this year, five-point game, who's a better team than Notre Dame, by the way. So UMass can definitely hang and maybe even beat Notre Dame on a neutral floor. And then in that pod, sticking in that pod, you have a UEPUE team against Oklahoma. That team, that, that IUPUI team went into Iowa, who we just talked about getting a two-seed on the road, and beat them earlier in the year. So that's a team that can compete with anyone at their ceiling. And Oklahoma is, you know, borderline. Are they really a top 16 team? I don't think so. So they didn't exactly get the toughest draw for a 13 seed either. And then you go one spot below that, Princeton, Kentucky, who our model actually favors Princeton in that game. You can sign up for our model, by the way, on herhoopstats.com to get all the predictions for all of these games. But I don't know if Princeton is actually necessarily going to be favored because our model has been underrating Kentucky ever since they got white hot about three weeks ago. And we may or may not be overrating Princeton too, but at the very least, this should be in another extremely close game. So I'm looking at four, five, and six versus 11, 12, and 13, all in that region, all in serious danger. Yeah, agreed. I think those two little groupings there are big candidates for updates and it's gonna I mean the Bridgeport region really top to bottom I feel like it's just gonna be a lot of upsets there's a lot going on there but then if you move up into yeah I don't know that I wanted to move up yeah actually if you move up into Spokane Virginia Tech Florida Gulf Coast that's a 412 match or 512 matchup sorry that one's gonna be fun too I can't believe that Florida Gulf Coast is a 12 seed that is shocking to me that feels extremely low <laughs> so a really I think tough draw for Virginia Tech there but that game should be super exciting it's honestly it's disrespectful is what it is yeah. <laughs> they had that loss to Stetson and Kirsten Bell wasn't playing they may have waited that game just as much as if she were playing I don't know I don't know why else they're a 12 seed but it's gonna be a tough matchup for Elizabeth Kitley ACC player of the year I think some people were talking on our slack about this earlier um but you know, the, the way that Florida Gulf Coast is able to spread the floor and just have shooters everywhere. And, you know, we're both analytics people. So this team has taken 
like they just don't take jumpers ever. I don't know how many they've taken this year, <laughs> single digits. So always, always a really fun offense. And it's going to be a tough matchup for Virginia Tech. Definitely, I wouldn't, you know, we, we always talk, there's always two ways to talk about it. Like Florida Gulf Coast got sort of ripped off with a 12 seed, but so did Virginia Tech because they shouldn't have to play Florida Gulf Coast either. Exactly. Yeah, that's always the double-edged sword of these like teams that we say are underseeded in majors. You're also now your Power Five team that's in that five or four, whatever it is that they're matched up with. They, yeah, definitely getting a tougher draw than maybe they should at a twelve. Um, the other one, like I said, Villanova BYU. That one feels like a good one. Villanova is a team that beat UConn this year. That's a really big win. They've won eleven of their last thirteen or something like that in the Big East. Maddie Segrist is so much fun to watch. BYU, of course, mid-major too, so probably a little bit of mid-major, mid-major crime there. But, well, if you call Biggie some mid-major, I guess, but still. Not know. UConn. Yeah, not UConn, but I feel like it's fair to say it about some of the other teams in the conference. So that one should be an exciting matchup as well, but excited that we get to see Maddie Segrist on the national stage too. Definitely. And, you know, I actually have that circled into the second round as, as a team that I think could pull an upset BYU uh, in the second round and maybe knock off Michigan on the road. Mm-hmm. I think BYU, uh, you know, they, they're so good at scoring at the rim in a number of ways. And Michigan isn't exactly a big, a big rim protecting team. Um, you know, Nas Silman is in, is not necessarily her strength. Emily Kaiser's maybe a little bit better back there, but uh, I, I think BYU can put up some points on Michigan. And so, We'll come down to stopping Nas, obviously, and now that Leah Brown's back, um, she missed some time. But that I definitely could see, you know, that this matchup maybe having some both sides having some matchup difficulties, uh, which might make for fun TV. But in the end, I think I will have BYU coming out of this this uh, this pod. Yeah, Michigan feels like a candidate to get kind of upset early on. I think they just the way they play makes them a little bit vulnerable to that. I think we saw. IUPI take them to the wire earlier this season so definitely something that could happen there uh the other one too right above that Tennessee Buffalo Buffalo team really solid player in Deja Fair Tennessee if they're not gonna have Jordan Horston back for that first game I guess we don't really know what the deal is there but without Horston I think that one could get really interesting as well yeah, and, you know, Tennessee has a similar sort of uh, just much less good version of what South Carolina has in terms of all the length and shot blocking. And Deja Fair put 22 on South Carolina earlier this year. Deja Fair, uh, you know, Hammond Award finalist from Buffalo. So definitely could see some fireworks in that one. I honestly could see Buffalo pulling that one out as well. Uh, we don't, I mean, last year we got Wright State as a 13 seed winning. We don't get 13s very often, but there's a couple that have a real shot this year, including Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, IUPUI as well. I think those are two big ones there. Anyone else that you're thinking double-digit seeds with, I guess, maybe Creighton, Colorado is another one that stands out to me. It's a 10 seed, 7-10, a little less crazy of a pick, but I feel like that's kind of it in terms of double digits that I'm picking for the upset. Yeah, 7-10 is, is, you know, not too spicy, but uh, (laughs) I I do like a couple of these 7-10 matchups. Obviously, Illinois State as a 15 seed. You're picking them anyway. (laughs) I mean, they're going to win the championship. So, you know, aside from them, uh, another one is tough. I love Stephen F. Austin. And we saw last year they took a 17-point lead on Georgia Tech before Georgia Tech came back, took it overtime, and won. They were that close to a 12-5 upset. I thought they could have been again, but I think they got a really bad draw with North Carolina. So I'm not sure if I'm going to pick that one. 
I do think they're dangerous on the 12 line though. And if we're going to talk about double digit seeds, um, you know, if we're going to look at seven tens, the other one is, uh, well, now I got to pull up the right region. <laughs> I, um, this ESPN bracket, I wish it were smaller. I got to scroll around. Where is it? Here it is. Utah. It's in the Spokane region, Utah, yeah. Arkansas. I definitely think Arkansas could come out of that one as a 10 seed. Um, that's gonna be a really fun matchup though. Both teams are much better at scoring than they are at playing defense. So that's a Debbie Antonelli you know, classic <laughs> right there. And both teams love shooting threes. Again, Debbie Antonelli classic. So big time matchup if you're into the high scoring, lots of shooting. And ultimately, I think I'm going to have Arkansas coming out of that one as a 10 seed. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a really interesting one. It's probably going to come down to who shoots the ball better from three in that game. But like you said, high scoring, shootout type game. Always a fun one to watch in the opening round. Also, two teams that even if one opens up a 10-point margin in the first half, that game is far from over. So that part makes it exciting as well. Teams that can shoot like that, it's not really over until it's over. Definitely. I mean, you that margin could get into 15 to 20 range at halftime, and I would not feel safe at all if I were the team yeah. overhead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that one should be fun. But yeah, I feel like, and then of course, I mean, once we get into like first round matchups, the eight nines are always some of the best. And I feel like this is set up really well too. Another um, Pac-12 team in Washington State with Kansas State in that first round. I think that one should be interesting. I'm, I'm picking the nine in Kansas State there, but I think that Kansas State NC State game that kind of could be set up there would be a really fun second round game. Yeah. How fun would it be to watch Ioka Lee versus Elisa Kunane? Mm-hmm. That's that's the matchup right there that I think yeah. we're all looking for. I'm picking Kansas State in that one too. Uh so in the eight-nine matchup there. So I I'm definitely have that one circled in Raleigh in round two if Kansas State does does come out of it. And obviously they surround Lee with some. Some really good freshman guards, uh, Serena Sundell and, and the Glenn sisters. So um, definitely some inexperience in the backcourt on Kansas State, which a lot of people talk about having that experience in the backcourt in March being a big factor. And NC State definitely has that. But those freshmen are pretty good, too. You watch Kansas State. I mean, it's it's the Aoka Lee show in some sense, but they do have some talent around her. Yeah, and I mean, this is a Kansas State team that's very battle-tested. Like, we've talked so much this year about how good the Big 12 has been, and they've been through the ringer in the Big 12, so they are going to be ready to play a team like NC State. They've had to play Baylor. They've had to play Iowa State. They've had to play Texas. They're very much ready for the matchup of that game. So that one should be really interesting. Kind of along those lines, I mean, we've got one seed, it's obviously South Carolina, no surprise there, Stanford, NC State, and then Louisville, the final one set, one seed in the Wichita region. Which one seed do you think gets upset first in the tournament? Well, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Louisville, and <laughs> not just because they're probably the worst one seed, which yeah. I think most of us think they are. Uh, a lot of people maybe thought they might slip to the two line when Baylor won the champion, the big 12, or if Baylor won the big 12 championship, I should say. Um, but I also think uh, some of the other one seeds got a little bit easier of a road. When you look at South Carolina, they get, you know, their four seed is Arizona, who's been struggling a lot, uh, kind of backing into the tournament um, there. The two seed is Iowa, who we talked about maybe being uh, the worst among the top top eight, top one and two seeds, and maybe should have been a three. And of course they're going to lose first round. 
as we talked about. <laughs> so, so South Carolina's got a little bit of an easier road as they should. They earned it. And then when you look at NC State, they, you know, because of that chaos region, like we talked about with those double digit seeds, when you talk about UMass, IUPUI, Princeton, all being threats to knock off those, those single digit seeds in the first round, things could really open up for NC State to not necessarily have to play the toughest competition, not have to play the four or the five seed. Who knows? Something gets crazy. So I think they got a pretty good path into the Elite Eight, whereas Louisville, they get Baylor as their two seed, probably the best two seed. And they have Tennessee, Oregon, Tennessee. I don't know about Tennessee, but I think Oregon is a sleeping giant as the five yeah. seed. They have a pretty, pretty high ceiling and pretty low floor. So it depends on which one we get. But I don't want to bet against Kelly Graves in March because I think Kelly Graves in March, even dating back to his Gonzaga days, gets his ceiling out of his team. So I wouldn't want to face them if I were Louisville in the Sweet 16. Uh, so when I look at this bracket, I think Louisville has a tougher draw in addition to maybe being the weakest one seed. Yeah, even that, whatever that 8-9 game ends up being for Louisville, I mean, Nebraska and Gonzaga, either of those teams, I think, could give this Louisville team a tough game. So I think that will be interesting as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, torn between picking Louisville and NC State. I do think there's a world where, like, NC State draws Kansas State in that that second-round game, and Kansas State, if it locally goes off, could upset them. But I feel like it's more likely that it'll come out of the Louisville region. We'll be the first one seed to get upset. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, if Kansas State is going to upset NC State, I think one or maybe both of these two things have to happen. Aoka Lee has to go nuts. Mm -hmm. You're not 62 or whatever she had her. <laughs> go crazy. And NC State's got to be missing some shots because they're, right. you know, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. And sometimes you have one of those games where, you know, the worst shooting teams all of a sudden get hot or the best shooting teams all of a sudden get cold. And once in a while it just happens. And if that happens with some sort of shooting variance, then Kansas State has a shot. But yeah, uh, there definitely needs something like that. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think it will happen, but it's one I would keep an eye on when, it, like, when we get to that game. It could be an interesting one for sure. Absolutely. All right. So that's the one seeds. I mean, we talked about Baylor. I feel like Baylor's a team that, even though they lost today, feels like they're very hot going in this tournament to me. I think they had a really slow start to the season, but they've just really been rolling as of late. And I mean, lost to Texas today, but that's by no means a bad loss. And what they've been getting from Melissa Smith in particular, I feel like this is definitely a team that could be a Final Four team. Absolutely. And the way the bracket opens up for them, we're getting Louisville, of course, and they may or may not have to play Michigan. If they do, I think Baylor should be able to take care of Michigan. Although that game, that'd be a rematch of a West phenomenal West. tournament game. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up for that if we get that. And we already uh, got it once in the regular season and it went to overtime too at that tournament. Also that. Good, good point. Yeah. I forgot about that one too. These, these teams got a little something developing. If yeah. <laughs> Never, never put it past the committee to give us good Yeah, service. I feel like, oh, it definitely, I mean, the Iowa, South Carolina, and Greensboro, like, that is set up for Olivia Boston versus Caitlin Clark, though. I honestly don't know that I think that would be a good game. I don't think Caitlin Clark's seen anything like South Carolina's defense this season. So. No, she hasn't. But, uh, I don't know if South Carolina's defense, to be honest, has seen anything like Caitlin Clark either. That's fair. There is nothing like Caitlin Clark except um, for Caitlin Clark. So if you haven't played Iowa, you haven't seen anything like Caitlin Clark. So who knows? But uh, if nothing, I mean, Caitlin Clark could be pulling up from the logo all night. If nothing else, South Carolina would absolutely, I think, take Monica Sonano out of the game. Yeah. Caitlin Clark would have to be Caitlin Clark in order mm -hmm. to win that game. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I say this a lot. I don't like the Big Ten's defense. I feel like the Big Ten doesn't play a lot of defense, so. <laughs> I have known you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think, I honestly, I don't know that I will get to play South Carolina, but that I don't think they have much of a shot in that game <laughs> should they get there. <laughs> Oh, they would need some shooting variants going yeah. back to that. Definitely. Yeah, Caleb needs to go to like Marshall, McKenna Warnock. Their threes yeah. would have to be falling. Yep, yep. And Caleb Clark is going to have to go like 10 from 10 from the logo or something to for them to pull that off, which, which she could. could. <laughs> she be known. She's done things like that before. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she would have to because only a Boston will take Monica Susanna right out of that matchup. <laughs> you will. Aaliyah Boston will eat. I'll, I love Monica Sonano, but Aaliyah Boston will eat. Yeah, yeah. Aaliyah Boston. I mean, against most teams, will eat. So, not really enough to Fair. say. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, South Carolina does have to write the ship, though. We saw that huge loss to Kentucky. That was a crazy game. But I mean, but South Carolina just didn't look right in the SEC tournament. So this is probably the wake-up call that that team needs. I don't really think we're going to be talking about them not looking right when we get through next weekend, but you never know. No, it's definitely one of those things that either could go one of two ways, right? It either could be, you know, somehow that that carries over into the tournament and we don't quite see the same dominant South Carolina team that we did all season and they get knocked out in the Elite Eight or the, or the Sweet 16 or something crazy. I mean, they lost to Missouri, so you never know. Or the other way it could go is that it could be the best thing that happens to their season because, like you said, wake-up call. And rather than that happening now in the tournament, it happened before the tournament, lights a fire, and they just blow through all six games with no problem. I right. see going either way, to be honest. Uh, but I would bet on the latter with Don Staley. She She's one of the best motivators, I think, in the country, maybe the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think she could win easily win it all and motivate this team to get back to where they need to be so we shall see but I, I agree I, I tend to sit go with the letter I think we're gonna South Carolina is gonna be just fine um anything else that we like haven't hit on yet that you want to talk about yeah um I feel like Jackson State I posted this in our slack I'm very pumped for them. I've been following them for a few years now. And Tamika Reed is like one of the best coaches that no one knows about. And for someone out of the SWAC, for anyone out of the SWAC ever to get a seed, anything other than 15 or 16 is like, I don't know if people realize how big of a deal that is. The SWAC never gets anything higher than a 15, like ever. It just doesn't happen. So that's amazing for them. And honestly, they drew a pretty good matchup in LSU, one of the weaker three seeds. So I don't think they're actually going to win. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see it happen. But I do think that one is going to be at least close into the third quarter. And people who don't know and haven't followed are going to check that score and think, what's going on? What's going on with LSU? Why are they only up five and they start <laughs> the third quarter? And then they're going to pull away. But shout out to Jackson State. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that one should be an interesting one, too. Probably won't win it, but a good game in the first round, which we always love to three, see in a 3-14 matchup. All right, well, we've got to talk about who's going to Minneapolis, who's going to be in Minneapolis when we get there. Both of us. Yes, yeah, so we are going, regardless of what happens with all these other teams. But <laughs> who are we going to be watching? Yeah, who are we going to be watching? So who are your final four picks? Yeah, great question. I have no clue. Someone come up with them on the spot. I'm probably going to change them tomorrow. So whenever I put out articles that 
have different ones than these. Don't come at me. Just disclaimer. Right now on the spot, who I'm going to go with is South Carolina, Stanford, UConn. You're welcome, Megan, and Baylor. <laughs> we are exactly the same. So that's not very <laughs> exciting, but well, it is what it is. It's pretty boring. We did not talk about that before in case. No. Anyone... <laughs> yeah. I so UConn was predictable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, UConn was predictable for me. No, I still think with all the chaos that we've seen this season, those are the four teams that I think are going to the final four. I don't know that any like three or fours have what it takes to kind of pull off those enough upsets to get there. I'm sure someone will prove me wrong. But yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about UConn yet. They've landed in Bridgeport, which I'm sure there's plenty of people that are not happy about that, NC State fans in particular. But I mean, I actually do think that is where they ended up on the true S curve. So as much as people dislike it I think it probably is actually the right S curve move at least so I guess there's at least that um but yeah basically home game for the Huskies they've just like they're at a very different level right now I think than we've seen them all season watching them play in the Big East tournament the defense is very locked in Paige Becker is still working her way back but it feels like she should be in a good spot by the time they kind of need her in the second weekend so I, I think this is a UConn team that has the potential to make a big run and she's surrounded by a healthy squad now because yeah. it wasn't her injury was the headliner, but they had a lot of other players in and out of the lineup for various reasons, including, you know, AZ Fudd, uh, Olivia Nelson of Dota missed some time, right? At least a couple games. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Williams, I know, uh, didn't play at least how many games did she miss? I know when yeah. I saw them play, she wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I saw them at Oregon and I think she missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Dorka Yuha says next some time. Caroline Ducharme has missed some time. So yeah, they've had a lot of injuries and now they're fully healthy. I think part of them being fully healthy is this team has now found ways to win with a lot of different lineups and a lot of different big pieces out. And now that they have it all together, it feels like they're really hitting a stride. Absolutely. And it's just one of those things that like just happens, you know, mm -hmm. like UConn goes to the fly. That's just how, yeah, just what happens like in, you know, same way that like the sun comes up every morning. <laughs> if they make just, it, it'll be 13th straight. Yeah. It's just one of those things you know is going to happen. So uh, I will be rooting against my pick on that one. Uh, <laughs> That's as funny. you know, I root against teams that have won a lot. UConn has won a lot more than NC State, obviously. But I, I think until UConn misses the Final Four and ends that, almost decade and a half streak, it's really hard to pick against them, especially when, like you said, they get to play in Bridgeport, which is not the committee's fault. It's the geography's fault and it's the way it's set up. Yep. And it really is tough for NC State. I feel bad for them, but it's not the committee's fault. Yeah, not the committee's fault. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean, NC State is going to have, assuming that that's the Elite Eight game, it's UConn, NC State, it's going to be a full UConn home court advantage. The UConn fans will pack that arena. So it'd be interesting. All right, who are you picking for your national championship game and who's taking home the trophy? Yeah, well, um, another one I'm going to go on the spot. Let's see. We are going to go with South Carolina beating UConn again. <laughs> I'm going similar national championship game. It's going to be South Carolina-UConn, but I'm going to take the Huskies. Paige Becker should be pretty healthy by then. Home, It's her hometown. She wants the national championship. 
That's right. She's going to be playing in Minnesota, which ESPN <laughs> is going to remind us of probably oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> every 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> recycled video. So yes. pumped for that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, way, it's a little varied, more varied with their, their tournament content. <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I'll have like two videos instead of one that they replay every that would be a plus yeah we'll see <laughs> yeah i guess maybe we've got some more exciting matchups so i kind of on the books in some of these other regions i feel like then in the early part of bridgeport so at least we probably won't be like the page beckers versus caitlin clark storyline that got pounded into everyone's head for the first two weeks of last year's tournament so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was cool the first time it really yeah. was but, uh, so Megan, I want to know though, as a UConn fan writer, uh, you, UConn blog, right? Is what you write yeah. for and podcaster. Mm-hmm. How hard would UConn Twitter come after you if you Gosh. didn't pick UConn to win the championship? I don't want to know what my mentions look like. <laughs> Not good. I, I really don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah. I do think they could win it all. I do think also that South Carolina or Stanford could win it all. Or even NC State, I think NC State has a tougher draw having a healthy UConn team in the final or in their kind of region. But I really think any of those four teams have what it takes to win it all. Baylor maybe, but I think it's going to come down to one of those four teams. I think there's a lot of upsets that are going to happen, and we probably will see some team that none of us are thinking about in the final four. But I think when it comes down to who actually has – enough depth and talent to win a national championship as one of those four i agree yeah and nc state definitely has you know the ability to knock off uconn or to knock off anyone south carolina i mean they play south carolina pretty close actually right. in that regular season game stanford when you have that much shooting around someone like elisa kunane you can beat anyone on mm-hmm. any given night doesn't mean you will but you can those shots go in you absolutely will so i definitely could see nc state running the table uh but bridgeport yeah. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. We also haven't really given Stanford any love, but I think they could absolutely repeat too. Like there, there's no doubt in my mind that they could win. I mean, they played South Carolina really close back in December. Really close. Really, really close. close. They have not lost since that game. I think Stanford is a much better team than the Stanford team that played South Carolina really close in that game. They've figured out their offense. They're not turning the ball over every other second like they were in some of those earlier games. So this is a really good Stanford team, too. They have that depth. They can space the floor really well. I mean, Haley Jones and Kevin Brink have to be one of the more exciting duos in this tournament. That's a team that could definitely win it all, too. They're so aesthetically pleasing, too, with that yeah. Princeton offense. But, yeah, I think their defense is playing as well as last year, too. And, honestly, I think this Stanford team may be as good as last year's Stanford yeah. team that won the championship. I just think South Carolina is just better. So, you know, that's we don't always have a team as good as South Carolina every year, especially in the last few years when the parity has really – you know, UConn used to be that good every year. But when the parity has increased, we don't always have that team. Uh, we do this year, which, so Stanford is the second-best team, even though I don't know if they're necessarily any worse than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think – they were at the beginning of the season. That was Keanu Williams was a huge definitely. loss, but they've definitely figured it out and they are definitely clicking at the right time too. Yeah. And at the beginning of the season, I know Haley Jones uh, was dealing with a little bit of an injury, missed some time and was, you know, a little bit limited for a while. And I mean, I think they didn't have her when they played Gonzaga. Gonzaga was up for most of the game and in uh, Stanford one by four. And uh, Haley Jones was, she was playing when Stanford lost to South Florida, 
She wasn't playing well, though. She was definitely still affected. Since then, they've figured out how to play without her because she missed at least, what, one or two games again a couple weeks ago. I think they had no problem. So they've figured out how to play without her. Hopefully, obviously, they don't need to. But they have gotten to another gear where not only missing Keanu Williams, but really whoever else they have on or off the court um, in any lineups that they put out there are, are just clicking on all cylinders at this point. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point, too. All right. One last question for you. Kind of a hot take, but who's this year's Arizona? Who's the team that's, you know, in that three, four, five range that could make it to the final four? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the bracket here. You know, part of me really wants to say Iowa State, but I just don't like how things shape up for them. Number one, being in South Carolina's bracket. Number two, like they got to beat a top 10 team. Yeah, they have been so good, so utterly dominant against everyone below them in the rankings, like everyone. They just blow out people who they're favored against. And then they play Baylor. They play Texas, even LSU earlier in the year. They get run out of the gym. Now, they did go to overtime against Texas the other day. So I think that was huge for them to be able to even compete. But uh, it's, it's tough because once you get to the Elite Eight, you're going to I mean, I think Iowa State should have no problem in the first couple rounds at home. Once you get to the Elite Eight, you got to beat someone good, though. <laughs> so, so Iowa State, I don't know. We'll see. Um, looking up and down. What else do I see? Honestly, a long shot here as a five. It wouldn't shock me to see Oregon that was come out of here. Pick. I think that Wichita region just, like, lends itself to that. It's, I think, a weaker region. Louisville is a weak one seed. I do like Baylor, but... That region lends itself a little bit to some upsets, and I it would be surprising, but I think Oregon. If you're trying to pick a team in that like four or five area that I think could make the final four, it's probably Oregon. Yeah, the thing is with these teams, you need a team. You know, inconsistency is generally not good, <laughs> but if you're looking for a team who could either pull an upset or make a deep run beyond where they should have, inconsistency is actually awesome because <laughs> you want a team that has a ceiling way higher than where they're seated. Oregon's ceiling is miles ahead of five seed level, even though they've had a lot of games where they look like a 10 seed too. <laughs> so definitely, definitely some inconsistency could work in their favor if Kelly Graves has them playing their best basketball. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to depend what level this order he's playing on, but I mean, a team that's when it's playing its best basketball could definitely knock off, I think, anyone in that region. And to be fair to them, a lot of their inconsistency has been because of players in and out of the lineup. They've had as much trouble with that as UConn has, but they've even had a few games where they were healthy, where they didn't necessarily look right. So we'll see. Maybe it's just that chemistry that, that needs to, that was a tough thing to, you know, develop with not everyone in and out of the court, but um, yeah, we'll see. I think they, they have what it takes. Yeah, it feels like probably having almost two weeks after a Pac-12 tournament loss to kind of regroup and get this group together playing their best basketball or could serve them well. So we'll see. That, that would be my pick as well. All right. Well, games start Wednesday. This is coming up Monday. So two days we get March Madness, three weeks to championship game. Super excited. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. This is fun. This is my favorite week of the year. <laughs> Well, that's all for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. As always, make sure you rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening or watching us. Also, be sure to subscribe to the stats site at herhoopstats.com. All the NCAA women's basketball stats you need for filling out your bracket. 
super helpful as you're trying to win those March Madness pools. So definitely go check that out. Also be sure to be subscribed to our newsletter. We'll get all of our best content great directly in your inbox and throughout the tournament. And lastly, make sure you're following us on social media at Her Who's Stats on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.